You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Oh, they actually made it? Yeah, that just happened. They beat uh, Georgia 8-6. Oh, wow. I, uh, oh, the only thing I knew about the uh, Lily World Series is that Georgia has a guy that's, like, hitting home runs into trees or something. Yeah, he hit something like a 375-foot home run. I was, I was watching I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's that's one of those kids. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you look at him, I mean, he's a big, young mm-hmm. But he's not one of those, like, you know, I mean, God, you see those Little League World Series kids are like 6'2". I mean, this kid's like 5'8". I mean, yeah. he's big. He's like 5'8", like 185. I mean, he, he looks to me more like, you know, a, a high school running back. Right. <laughs> yes, he's 12. But still. <laughs> I mean, but that, that's more how he's built. He's not one of those, like, you know, big kids who has a yeah. beard or anything at 12. <laughs> He looks like Sherrod Green. He's 12, but, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Basically, oh, by the way, uh, I saw something the other day in the, uh, the Carolinian, whatever, the South Carolina, um, like, uh, newspaper mm-hmm. is in mm-hmm. Columbia. And they said out of, uh, they say, you know, out of your freshman linebackers, who do you expect can uh, make an impact? And they said, well, thus far, by far and away, Sherrod Green's been the best freshman linebacker we've had in here. That's what like uh, and apparently they have like three guys back from last year who played. So I mean, there is there is there is going to be opportunity, I think, for him to get on the field and really contribute this year. Well, and I think that'd be good. And even just, I, I mean, obviously in college, unless you're like what I guess would be a skill position, even though linebacker is kind of a skill position, if he. If he's just if he does just has kind of a good year this year like to install himself into the team or integrate I guess would be a better word and then like from his sophomore year on he's like the starter I think that'd be great for him like Todd when he went to Georgia and was like starting like right out the gate that was one thing but well and I mean like you say you know being a skill guy I mean you know being a running back okay you find the holes you know if you learn how to run the offense and go. It's what it is, you know, like, and the thing like for Sherrod, Mm -hmm. one thing that I read that the coach said is like, you know, the thing is he's come from this, well, I think, who said it? Oh, uh, they quoted Jason as saying it, Jason Mm -hmm. Battle, as saying, you know, one thing, you know, he's he's got uh, ways to learn because, you know, most of the offenses that we faced at the high school level were run-oriented offenses. Right. So, you know, he's never seen, you know, other than maybe one or two weeks out of the year, you know, he's never seen a really a high-level passing attack, anything like you will walking in the SEC. Yeah, and that's... You know, so that's going to have to be one of the things, you know, he's going to have to adjust to pass mm-hmm. coverage and things like that. But they said just coming in and learning the book, going out, they said he's like, he's, he's like 6'1", there was like 6'1", 225. And they said he's just, a, he's just come in, he's been an absolute 
beast. That's good. Sure. So, and, uh, yeah, and I mean, a linebacker is one of those, you don't see a lot of true freshman linebackers. Yeah. Um, now, Miami had a couple last year, but we're, we're really top-level guys, and yeah, they came in and integrated right away. But that said, Miami like didn't have options of anybody else to play. So, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm proud of them. You know, hey, we're definitely keeping an eye on them and all that. Goodness. We'll have to have a uh, Sherrod Green updates here on the Afford Affair podcast because we don't have we don't have Todd Gurley updates because well we don't really follow the NFL and I guess we could technically do Brian Goodwin updates. Oh, probably. He's just he's just hitting bombs. It really does. 12 bombs this year. I, I can't wait to see Brian Goodwin get eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry. Playing in that West team, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for Nationals Dodgers again. Oh, Jesus. Well, no, I think they, get, they might get away from the Dodgers. No, well, well no, yeah, because the no, no, they will because the Dodgers are good. Yeah, the Dodgers are going to be the number one yeah. seed. So. Yeah, so they're, they're either play at this point um, Colorado or Arizona. Yeah. Nice interdivision matchup. So. Three teams so, who can so lead other gets, divisions. Yeah, so so all they'll end up getting is you know the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the defending world champion. Damn it. Oh. Damn you, National League. No. Damn you. Not not the National League that's below the uh, below League Two over in England. Though we're talking about the baseball National League, but we're going to be talking plenty of soccer here today on the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode one seventy. I am Edward Green, joined as always with the sun out by McCall and Crime, Wes Bradshaw. Wes, we have an unbelievable show to get to as the Premier League is back. It's back. It's, it's match week. It's match week. Oh my god. I'm... Match week one and. And this time next week, we'll be 138th of the way through the season. Yes, yes, currently we are 038th through the Premier League season. Unless you are a Chelsea fan and then it feels like you've already been playing for five years and you want to fire your coach again for some reason. But, but Ed, Ed, you think about it right now. We Okay, folks, it is, we're, we're mm-hmm. hitting this one early. We mentioned that. It's almost 6 mm-hmm. o'clock here on the East Coast. And in 48 hours, someone will have points in the Premier League. That's true. I forgot Friday night football. Oh yes, Friday night football. And in seventy and in seventy-two hours, Liverpool fans will either be thrilled or will be having an absolute meltdown. <laughs> oh, it will be good. We, it, it will either be win the league or uh, or relegation and fire club. And, and oh no, no, they want to keep club and just get rid of FSG. There you go. The owner's fault. Of course it is. Uh, we'll be talking, uh, do a quick review of the Community Shield and the Super Crap with Manchester United and Real Madrid. We'll be picking the top seven teams in the league as well as the bottom four, as we sometimes get them very right, as I did for Tottenham last year. Sometimes we get them very wrong, as we did for West Brom last year, trying to get relegated. Um, and as we both kind of thought, Leicester would still be in the top seven. Whoops. Uh, news and notes, of course. Watch for and so raw will round us out. This podcast presented to you by NGC Sports and NGCSports.com. We never stop, and the Premier League will certainly not stop once we get rolling here, except in like three weeks when we hit an international break. But don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Not this week. Not this week. This week is going to be fun. All right, first, Wes, let us talk about the FA Community Shield, pitting last year's FA Cup winner Arsenal versus last year's Premier League title holders Chelsea. And it was Arsenal 1, Chelsea 1. Arsenal winning, if you want to call it that, 4-1 in penalties over Chelsea. Victor Moses with the opening goal right after the stroke of halftime for Chelsea. But as for Arsenal, they got it leveled at 1 on new guy Siad Kozak. 
Kalasniak. Oh, man, this is going to be a good year for me. Oh, Pedro getting sent off in the 80th minute just a few minutes prior, sending Chelsea down to 10 men and sending Antonio Conte's tracksuit to the cleaners. Chelsea with penalties missed by Tibor Courtois. Yes, the goalie Tibor Courtois, as well as newbie Alvaro Morata. Oh, Morata ingratiating himself to Chelsea fans already. Wes, it wasn't pretty, but the two teams, were they mostly full side Chelsea was missing uh Ed Nazard and I want to say one more person uh it's not Diego Costa that I'm thinking of but definitely someone else um Chelsea giving Arsenal everything they could handle and even more Arsenal really only breaking through in those final 10 minutes when uh when Pedro was sent off with a straight red um but as if you're Arsenal hey you already you're already one third of the way to an Arsenal treble ah I believe that's their third Community Shield in four years. I think so, because they keep winning the FA Cup. Yeah, they keep winning the FA Cup and getting themselves in there. Or And then there was a... Uh, yeah, they keep winning the FA Cup. Uh, their 15th Community Shield. Do you think... Now, I do find it a little bit weird, and we can talk about this a little bit more once we get into our team preview, because I, I imagine both of us will have Chelsea somewhere in the top seven. Um, there, are, there are already articles, though, being written. Has Antonio Conte lost his touch at Chelsea? blip de blab de blue Is there anything anything to be read um but by this and, and by chelsea's loss in this community shield final um you know diego costa has been frozen out he is most likely going to be leaving the club alvaro morata as we said didn't impress much mishibatsui even though i am for some reason very high on him still also didn't impress is this a, is this a team that could struggle under conte and is it fair to start already wondering about his job I'll tell you right now, just looking at that squad that they had the other day, and we'll get into a little more of this during our little preview, uh, Chelsea look a little light. They're thin. They are thin. This is coming from a Spurs fan. They, they do look thin. Yeah, and I mean, this is a team that, you know, last year, of course, they steamrolled to the league. They did it with no European commitments. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they I think they had one deep cup run. Yeah, the FA Cup, they made the final. The FA Cup. So they had the FA Final Cup run, but, you know, a lot more this year. And now they've already picked up some players. And apparently, from if you believe the rumors, which, you know, yeah, I'm a lot singer. I believe every rumor. We seem to have lost West for the moment. Um, yeah, Chelsea are still in the market for uh, another player um, or four, depending on who you believe. And that is going to be uh, super tough for them to see. Uh, Timothy Obayaku was the, uh, the player I was trying to remember. Um, that, that was also missing from Chelsea's side. Uh, completely missing, actually, from the, uh, the bench as well. Um, so he's going to be coming in. So he, he was, he, I believe, was hurt a little bit. Um, but he, he was also missing along with Ben Hazard. So Chelsea, not at full strength. But um, already rumblings, as Wes was saying, they are very light. Uh, with a lot more matches they're going to have to play this year, it, it could be very tough, very, very tough um, going for them, especially in the beginning. In the end. Tough beating last year, and then they ended up winning the league. So we'll see how that goes. Um, as for the Super Cup um, between Manchester United and Real Madrid, uh, which has already given us maybe the meme of the year. Sorry, not sorry, Marwan Fellaini. Uh, Real Madrid 2, Manchester United 1, Cashmere with the goal in the 24th minute, Ishko with another in the 56th minute, 52nd minute, excuse me, gave Real all they needed. Uh, Romelat, Dexter on the board for Manchester United. Uh, I see picked up a goal in the 62nd minute, but it wasn't enough to bring Jose Mourinho's men back against uh, Real Madrid as they took off uh, in uh, Skopje, which, as we all know, is, is exactly where you think about 
when you think Super Cup, it's Macedonia because that's what happens. So, Wes, in the match that gave us, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the already possibly the meme of the year in Morrow and Fellaini's face, um, what do you take away from United's 2-1 loss against Real Madrid? United have got to be wondering. You know, they paid about 100... What are we going to call Let's call about 175 million pounds for two guys who can't hit a freaking tap in. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, that yeah, was... really. Yeah. It's tough. Um, uh, Super Cup, Super Cup, it's what it is. Still early in the season. United have been really good in the preseason so far. Um, mm-hmm. To me, if, if I wanted to worry any as a United fan, which thank God I'm not, you know, the only thing <laughs> I would kind of be worrying about was, you know, I still want to see Falcao, or not Falcao, Jesus Christ, uh, Lukaku. I want yeah. to see Lukaku do it against a big team. Because, of course, of here course, you are yeah. one more time. Obviously, Real Madrid, the best team in the world, maybe, again. Um, and, you know, he gets chances and he chokes them. You know, the whole book on Lukaku has been in the Premier League, you know, at Everton, he rips, you know, what am I saying? He rips tits against the smaller teams. And then when he comes mm-hmm. against one of those big five, big six, you know, he, he goes quiet. And, you know, the apologists yeah. would always say, well, you know, it's because he, they don't get him the ball where he needs it. And they don't, they don't do this and they don't do that to so the people around him. Well, you know what? At United with the players they've got, with Juanmata, with Herrera, with Pogba, uh, you, you know, with, with those guys around him, they're going to get him the ball in places to score. It's going to be up to him to mm-hmm. finally prove that in big matches he can come through. I mean, there are things, there are flat track bullies. We've talked about them before. And it's not a bad thing to have on your team, but it's not a bad thing for your second striker to be a flat track bully. When you pay that kind of money for a first team striker, when you pay the money that United paid for uh, Lukaku, that's the guy that you want to depend on in the big time matches. You know, uh, they didn't spend all that money on Pogba for Pogba to not, you know, show up in big matches. And I think, I think year two for Pogba is going to be better because you know, for him, mm-hmm. there's that settling into the Premier League that he had to do last year. There's the fact that he, had, at that point, had the world record transfer fee on him. That's not on him anymore. Uh, you know, right. I mean, Pogba should probably settle down some this year. Now the eyes are going to be on Lukaku. Can this guy, can this guy be the guy who gets the job done for you? Um, we'll see. I mean, I'd be a little worried, but as for the actual match itself, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too upset. Yeah, you know, you hate. You'd love to go beat Real Madrid. You'd love to bring home that trophy. Hey, you know, get the season going with the trophy. But you know, we can't all win the Audi Cup, I guess, or or the uh, the Hong Kong Premier League tournament, whatever the hell it was. <laughs> that's right. I forgot Arsenal won that as well. Um, so, so that's uh, that's going to take us on now uh, to our predictions. We're going to start those up right now. Uh, Wes, let's start at the bottom of the table. We'll do we'll do a four at a time. So we'll do you do give us your bottom four, and then I'll do my bottom four. Who are the three teams that are going to get relegated to the championship, and who is going to narrowly avoid it? This year, of all years, for some reason, looking at the Premier League, it just, mm-hmm. 
you ha- you almost have to go through and convince me that this team is not going to stay up. And I can look yeah. at nearly every team on here. I, th- I just I think the teams coming up are getting better. Um, I think that the Premier League teams themselves have figured, you know what, we can't just you know we can't just throw our hat out there and think we're going to finish thirteenth anymore. We've got to really try to go out and make ourselves better. Um, so I mean, it makes it tough. I guess right now I'm just I'm going to start out with uh, Huddersfield. I guess being my number twenty, and I okay. hate to do that because you know I'm a big David Wagner fan. Um, it's just Absolutely. you know they they haven't really made significant investment. It's hard. That's a, it's hard to come in and make significant investment because you get these ideas and they're not always bad. Bournemouth kind of proved it. But, you know, when guys, when you trust the guys who brought you up, you don't want to just get to the Premier League. Oh, okay, we got to go buy these guys. That's called the Queen Park, the Queen's Park Rangers menu. And we've seen how that's worked for them. That doesn't always work. Uh, but for Huddersfield, I mean, I just, I think you're crazy not to assume that they're going to be on the way back down. I hope they shock us all and stay up. But for me, they're my number 20. Kind of the same thing going with um, Brighton Hove Albion. And they're going to be my number mm-hmm. 19. Um, first time in the Premier League in a long time for Brighton Hove Albion. It's, it's not going to be one where they just walk in and kind of throw their hat out there and like, oh, hey, we're up. You know, we played really exciting football last year and we're staying up. You can all kiss our ass. Um, I think that's going to be, it's going to be tough for them to stay up. Uh, and I think another another team, you know, they've, they've put some money out there, but it's it's hard making that step up to the Premier League and, and that kind of money. And then, Ed, I'm, I'm going to have to throw another team in here that I think this might be the year they take the drop. It's not it's not mm. three up three down for OS here. I've, I've actually got the um, that other team Newcastle. I've got them a little higher up in the table. You might be a little shocked where I have Newcastle. I think Watford. Ooh. Maybe about to take the trip down. You know, for Watford, I think they've been the beneficiary of some teams who have had a lot of issues behind them. Have just been mm-hmm. significantly poor. Sunderland this past year, Newcastle having their meltdown a few years ago. I think uh, I think Watford's kind of benefited from that, and I don't. I, I'm I'm thinking Watford's somewhat getting to that point where they may be on the precipice of a meltdown, based on the based on this coaching changes. I mean, it, mm-hmm. is, does anyone in the world have any sort of thought that they're going to keep their manager all year? No, <laughs> you not know, at all. You, Sunderland have kind of proven you can only play this game with the manager so much before it catches mm-hmm. up with you. And I think this year is the year it's going to catch up with uh, Watford. So that's that's my three going down. Huddersfield, Brighton, Hove, Albion, Watford. And I think the first team that's going to survive, um, I, b- I believe it's going to be Leicester. I think, I think Leicester Ooh. are... Unfortunately for them, they're going the wrong way right now. Uh, you know, last year at least they were living, they were on the honeymoon period last year, and they had mm-hmm. to fight to get themselves out of that relegation zone. This year, you're sitting here, your best player, Ryan Mares, wants out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, when players decide they want out, 
a lot of times they then lose that mentality of, you know, I'm going to kill myself for the team. I'm going to do everything I want, I can to try to help us here. I think Mares kind of becoming is going to become a malcontent before the season's over because I don't see him moving. That's the thing, you know, Mares, mm-hmm. we talked about this so much last year. Would you stay? Would you go? Mares was so poor overall last year. Just invisible. That, you know, I know he thinks he's worth 35 million pounds and should go to a top tier team. But right now, I think those top tier teams are looking at, you know, everybody's all who go to Arsenal. Arsenal's looking at him like, this guy's a one year wonder. You know, we can't mm-hmm. trust this guy. And yeah, if Arsene Wenger can't trust you, who can? <laughs> but I think that's the issue right now. I think that's the issue with Leicester. Um, Vardy, I want to see, is Jamie Vardy just a one year party? Um, that mm-hmm. defense is getting old. Uh, and they're not getting any younger. <laughs> um, especially in the center. I, I, be- now, I believe Lester signed Andre Gray today. Was that right? Yep, that, that was going to be your news okay. notes, well, but that is correct, yes. No, uh, no, 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 no. Lester did not sign Andre Gray. Watford. Watford. That's right. That's right. Watford. Watford. Um, so Lester, they haven't really made big improvements this summer. I think it's a team that's getting older. I think they've lost the magic of um, of Ranieri. The honeymoon is over, even though it probably shouldn't be. It is. Um, I think Lester's going to have a, a real fight to try to stay up this year. So that's my three going down and my uh, first team staying up. I we're we're going to be somewhat similar, especially in these bottom two. Uh, I am also taking Huddersfield and Brighton and Hove. Um, Brighton and Hove will also get to uh, their news and notes. They made a, a record signing today for the club, as as basically every single club has done in the Premier League this year. It seems is uh, is make a club record signing, uh, but unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be enough for them to stay up. I would love to see. I would love to see both these teams stay up. Really, Brighton Hove and Huddersfield. Uh, I. I would not care less about Newcastle, but they are probably going to stay up. Um, I, uh, I I believe they're going to be coming up here. Just looking at some of the other people, Brighton and Hove have uh, have brought in. Um, they brought in an extra goalie from Valencia and Matthew Ryan, not the one from Boston College. Uh, they brought a couple people in from uh, Chelsea's under-23 team, a couple people from uh, Ingolstadt out of uh, the Bundesliga, um, and a couple other people from League 1 and League 2. Not a whole lot of proven names in that group, uh, except for the news and note we'll get to later. I, I just don't think they're going to have the firepower to do it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to put them 19th as well, Huddersfield and 20th. My 18th place team, and this is purely on the news. I'm going to do 18th and 17th at the same time. 18th, I'm going to put Burnley. 17th, I'm going to put Watford. They just sold one of their best players to another team that's going to be in the relegation mix with them most likely. What what was your thinking on this? Why? I know you're getting Watford is I believe that's a club record fee for Watford, maybe not for Burnley, um, but that's to me that's insane. It makes no sense, and and I don't get it. I love Burnley, I love Sean Dyche, but I just I believe attrition and let's face it, last year they basically stayed up because their home record was amazing, and that's 
that at the end of the day is is it. I think they were maybe a little bit fortunate, and I think that if they don't catch that same magic this year, they they are going to tumble back down to the championship. Uh, and I think Watford is going to have. I think there's a lot of dysfunction at Watford, but I think they're going to have just enough to stay up. Uh, I agree with Lester. I think they could be in a little bit of trouble as well. Um, Craig Shakespeare looked good at the end of last year, but who knows how much of an effect that'll have coming into this new season. Um, and obviously, they, they also have a signing, which we'll talk about coming up in a little bit. Um, but I, I don't see Leicester City being bad enough this year to, to fall. I don't see them being a, a very good team. But I do feel like there there's, as, as you said at the beginning of your talk, there's a lot of, uh, of interchangeable teams right now. These are the three, I think, that are going down. Um, it would not shock me if none of these three teams went down at the end of the season at this point. Um, so it's it's very, very close. I think we could have sort of like we did last year, but maybe even more where we had kind of like a group of five or six, a mid table of maybe two or three, and then just like a bottom 12 that that are all that are all going to be fighting to stay up. And I, I think because, you know, I mean, a team we didn't even mention Crystal Palace. How, how good do we feel about a team like that? How good do we feel about Swansea? You know, you know clubs like that. And, and as you mentioned, um, just real quick, do you have Newcastle in your top uh, seven? Okay, well then uh, let's just curious. Before we go to our top seven, where do you have Newcastle? Uh, I, since we've talked I'm about Newcastle the other team not. promoted. I think, okay. I think Newcastle okay. are going to come in. I still think they're going to they're gonna lay some money out. I think the difference for Newcastle, they have a legit big-time manager. And that's something that a mm, lot yes, of those mid-table teams cannot say. You know, here comes Rafa Benitez. He's not under fire. Rafa Benitez, yeah. uh, I mean, they're going to have to royally shit the bed for mm-hmm. Newcastle to even think about letting go of Rafa Benitez because they know they're not going to get anyone near that level as a manager. Uh, and, and you've got mm-hmm. a guy who has has not had the most talented teams in the league and has done great things with them. You know, I mean, I mean, God, just look at Rafa. Rafa's greatest moment ever as a manager. Uh, Liverpool beat the world-conquering AC Milan in Istanbul, and Jimmy Traore was playing uh, left-back for us. That's right, <laughs> folks. Jimmy Traore has a, uh, has a Champions League medal. So, for all you guys who, yeah. So I just I think Rafa's going to be a big big difference for him this year. Um, I think he's had he's now had a full year of not being under the microscope in the championship, pretty much knowing that you know unless Newcastle really shit the bed last year, everyone knew you know Newcastle was coming back up. So he basically had an entire year under the radar to start putting things together for the Premier League. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a big thing. I think Newcastle, a season ago, they got rid of some guys who weren't fully committed to what Newcastle wanted to do. Hey, one of them was Jimmy mm-hmm. Wijnaldum, who did fantastic for us, and I, I love that. <laughs> uh, one of them was uh, Dembele, that is now on your roster for the moment. <laughs> no, uh, Sissoko. Uh, Sissoko. God, I get my Dembele's and my Sissoko's mixed up. It's it's a hard thing to do in the soccer world. Uh, but Sissoko, who for the moment is a Tottenham player, and we'll see how that is yes. in a few weeks. Uh, but, you know, they got rid of some guys who were maybe holding them that were good players, but maybe holding them down uh, in the locker room and team spirit department. I think Rafa's got mm-hmm. a year to get himself ready. 
I think Newcastle are going to be a big mover this year. I've got them finishing ninth, uh, just ahead of West Ham at 10th. Um, okay. So I, I think Newcastle are going to really give people problems this year. All right. Well, then, uh, for the teams that they may not give as many problems to, let's head to the top seven. Um, Wes, like, from seven to one, how how is the top of the table looking like in your estimation this well, year? Well, let's go ahead and say I have the same seven that finished in the top seven this past year. Um, so okay, no I do too. changes in the teams. There is a little change in the order. Uh, but number seven mm-hmm. with a bullet, the fucking blues at Everton. Oh, okay. As uh, as my as my favorite fighter in the world, Ed Conor McGregor would say, "Foot the blues, I'm a red." Right, he is. <laughs> uh, okay, I've got Everton finishing seventh. I think Everton have made some nice moves this year, this off season. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're the moves that are bumping them above that top, that big six though. That's the thing. I think okay. Everton have fantastically cemented their number seven position. Because they are that much better than everybody else. But Everton are still in this limbo where they've spent money, but they haven't gone for those targets that should really shoot you above. And unless one of those top mm-hmm. six has a shit-the-bed season, uh, Chelsea from a few years ago, Liverpool from a few years ago, unless they do that, I don't see Everton jump in the top six. Um, mm-hmm. Number six is going to sound familiar. I've got Arsenal at sixth. Um and the thing is, I think Arsenal could be a little better a team this year. Uh, that mm-hmm. said, there's still no guarantee Alexis Sanchez is going to be there in, in come September. Uh, apparently, PSG are making another big bid for him coming up. Um, I have not taken a look at news and notes today, but apparently PSG have just won a big race. Did you? Uh, did that actually well, happen? Apparently, that, that is where that player has stated he desires to go. Oh yes, that one. Yeah. That that is okay. that has been somewhat conflicting right, reports. Right, I know right. the one you're so, talking okay, about. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's not confirmed, but I mean that could be a big one in, in in that deal. I think if they get that player, which we will talk about a little bit, uh, then maybe they step away from Alexis Sanchez. Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, as for right now, he's still on their radar, and he apparently still you know, would not mind leaving. So. Yes. You just something to keep an eye on there. Um, I think uh, bringing in the the striker Lacazette, eh, we're gonna see if Lacazette hits the ground running or not. Once again, he's he's having to transition to the Premier League. Uh, we'll see how he does. Um, I don't Kalashnik. That's what I'm going with today. By the way, sure. <laughs> until I can listen to uh, until we can hear the man himself say it, Ed. Yeah, there, there's one person meaty Serbian forehead <laughs> until we hear um, him say it we're we're, yes. we're not sticking with anything but I think Kalasnic looks like he's going to be a good a really good addition for them um, I'm just I'm still scared for Arsenal at the center defensive spot um, I'm still mm-hmm. scared for them at the back um, Wenger here's the thing folks Wenger ain't changing that philosophy for nothing so they're still going to leave themselves open at the back. They're still going to have some tough sledding days where if they're not stopping anyone and they're not firing up front. Things are going to move. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain leaving could, would be a blow to them, I believe. That still hasn't been determined what's going to happen with Oxley Chamberlain in the long run. 
I just think there's a few too many question marks of Arsenal. I think they need to do more this summer. And they could still do some things, but right now, Arsenal sounds about sixth place to me. Uh, mm -hmm. Number five, this is kind of my first little, oh, shit. Um, I told you earlier, I thought they're thin. I've got Chelsea falling to five. Um, I just, until they, like, and like I said, you know, in September, we might revisit this list and, you know, mess around yeah. a little bit, change some things. But right now, to me, um, Chelsea at five, I just think they're, I think they're a little too thin. Um, they've sold, yes, they brought in Murata. I'm not convinced Murata's going to come in and be a 25-goal scorer. I'm not convinced he's coming in and replacing Diego Costa. And that's another mm -hmm. thing. What the hell's going to happen with Diego Costa? I mean... This is like this huge story that's not really getting a lot of play at the moment. Um, I mean, he and Conte apparently have no relationship at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't... Are you the same? Have you seen Costa play in the preseason? No. I haven't heard anything about him. That's the thing. You know, the last yeah. we kind of heard was he wanted to go back to Atletico, but of course they can't do anything until uh, January. Mm-hmm. You know, I could almost I could almost see Costa being that guy who forces through a move and just sits out to January. That would yeah. be a Diego thing. Um, <laughs> but I mean, we'll see what happens with Chelsea. This top six, God, this top six can be so changed in the next three weeks. It's not funny. Uh, today, number four, Man United. Um, uh, once again, I think with them, yes, they went and spent big money on a striker. But I don't know if he I don't know if he changes much for them at the moment. You know, I think if you had him and, and Ibrahimovic together and available mm -hmm. together, I think that would be big for him. But I mean right now you're still kinda in the same position you were in last year. You've got one recognized striker and then you've got, you know, Rashford who once again Josie doesn't like to give the young guys that big of a chance a lot of the time. And nope. I don't know. I mean, I guess we would. I would guess we would see more Rashford this year. Uh, Rooney's gone. While most people say that's addition by subtraction, um, let's see because that is a huge locker room presence gone from United now, and that's something mm -hmm. that could have an effect on them. Pogba, as we say, should be better. I think they've got a really good midfield. Um, you know, Ander Herrera is turning into one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. Uh, They've, they've still got players. They're united. Um, still haven't seen them, uh, you know, with the young man they brought in at the back, Lindelof. We're going to see if he's a Premier League mm -hmm. center back. Yeah, he didn't look great in the preseason. So, yeah. uh, De Gea is still there. It doesn't look like, David, it doesn't look like we're going to have a David De Gea saga this summer. Um, I still think United are going to make another move or two uh, because – You've heard Mourinho come out and say that he's he's not happy with their summer so far. And I think mm -hmm. he's kind of put some pressure on management. I, and the thing is, they've gone for big targets. They just haven't won those battles. And right. there's this forever lying Gareth Bale saga that's just waiting to happen at United. And... I just I don't think Gareth Bale's coming back to England anytime soon. Every time they say, "Oh, he's he's ready to come back," the guy goes and has another great season and wins another Champions League. So, you know, I don't I don't know with United. I I don't think they're 
I don't think they're that much better than last season yet. Right. Uh, but but mm-hmm. that said, you know, a guy like uh, Lindegaard, Rashford, um, those could be the guys who make the big difference. Um, if their if their uh, improvement continues, Martial actually obviously out there. If those guys all can you know continue their improvement, their rate of improvement, that could give them that added scoring punch that they need, and that could vault United up the table. But right now, those guys are still kind of in that what if stage. So we're gonna have to see how mm-hmm. that uh, flutters out. But I think United ha- United have potential to go anywhere from five to one. I don't mm-hmm. think everybody can say that. I would agree with that. Yeah. Number three, I got to go with my pool at three. I know it's a little. <sighs> now this is this is West. This is West doing assumptions here with pool at three. Yeah. I'm assuming Virgil Van Dyke. Assuming Van Dyke's coming in. I'm assuming we're keeping Coutinho. Uh, latest <laughs> latest out is that we have actually. Thanks a lot, ESPN, being stupid assholes yesterday and trying to give me a fucking heart attack. You that was fun. Um, they're the only ones who reported that we have accepted a deal. Uh, today, multiple, multiple sources have said Liverpool said no to 90 million pounds. Um, all I know is Jurgen Klopp keeps saying no. Uh, the word is Jurgen Klopp has the final say on transfers. To me, all I can do on that, if Klopp is saying no, don't waste your time, don't waste your breath. Um, to me, Steven Gerrard said it best. If Philip Coutinho decides he wants out of Liverpool that bad, he's going to have to start a, an epic war to get out because mm-hmm. Liverpool don't want to lose him. I don't see Coutinho being that guy. And maybe mm-hmm. it's just me with rose tinted glasses. I don't see Coutinho, after all Coutinho's done, and as much as the Liverpool fans have just fully embraced Coutinho, I don't see him with a week coming up in the season and, you know, three weeks of the transfer window suddenly just making this huge stink that he has to get out of town. Um, I think mm-hmm. we could possibly be looking at a, a repeat of the Suarez saga where, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, we tell him, look, give us one more year, let's see where we are, and then we'll discuss it next summer. Um, that said, I think Liverpool are in a much stronger spot right now than when they had Suarez because they're in the Champions League. They had the great run last year. You can look at a few key points where they were just missing a few key players and say, hey, this is a Liverpool team that realistically could have challenged for the Premier League title a season ago. Feel they should be able to do it again this year. Uh, Virgil van Dijk. I think you bring in Van Dyke. That really gives Klopp. I think almost more than anything, Van Dyke coming in would give Klopp the depth to be able to battle on the two fronts this year. Because mm-hmm. right now, here's my thing: I am not thrilled with Dejan Lovren being my second central defender. I'm mm-hmm. very happy with him being my third. You know, I, I don't think you know, as a third central defender, I don't think you've got a lot much better than him anywhere. Mm-hmm. But as your second, you're still saying, oh, shit, this is my number two. Uh, that's why I, <laughs> Van Dyke would really be big for Liverpool. Plus, Van Dyke gives you the steal at the back. He plays like a Liverpool center back like you want him to. To me, he's a more physical matip. He can play out from the back. He goes up, he wins headers, he wins tackles. That gives Liverpool the steal at the back that they're looking for. Um, I'm, I said last week, I'm still looking for a body in midfield, and that was before Lalana was out for three months. Um, yep. There, there sounds like there could be movement there. 
We'll see. I, I think Liverpool are another team. If they can make another two very good moves, one on being Van Dyke and then another really solid one, Liverpool could mm-hmm. win the league. And mm-hmm. let's say, I've got them third now. Liverpool are a team. Liverpool United, I think, are both teams that can win the Premier League. Granted, some things go their way and they make a few more good signings. I don't think mm-hmm. today either of those teams can win the Premier League. But in three weeks, they may have the personnel to be able to do it. Um, so I got Liverpool in third. I also think Liverpool, you know, I think they, uh, I'm, I'm hoping once again my rose tinted glasses. Um, I'm also hoping they could get into the knockout rounds of the Champions League. Uh, the last mm-hmm. damn thing, I'd rather lose in the round of 16 than have to go to Europa. I know that much. Yeah. So um, I, I know for them that's definitely that's definitely something big that we're looking for uh, is to also get that. I think it could be a year where Liverpool can hopefully solidify themselves back into this upper echelon of the Premier League. I understand at this point with these big six teams, finishing fifth, like, isn't the horrible outrage that it used to be. Mm-hmm. Now it sucks because you miss the you miss the Champions League unless you're United sure. and you go win the win Europa, of course. <laughs> but it's not so much anymore. Oh my God, you finished outside the top four. Now you almost have to take it with a grain of salt because well, look who finished ahead of us. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, they're just there are six really good, really top clubs and Arsenal in this league. <laughs> there are five really top plus Arsenal. But, um, but you know, so that's something. Um, hopefully Liverpool can pull off this back-to-back top four, solidify themselves, keep bringing um, some quality players in. And one thing with Jurgen Klopp I think you're seeing is I think Liverpool are more into a Tottenham mode at this point model where, mm-hmm. you know, like this summer people are freaking out. They're not buying all these guys. Who who's Klopp going out? Who's he going to go out and get that's better than what he's got? And he knows what mm-hmm. he's got better than everyone else. Van Dyke, yes, wants to bring him in. Uh, Kaita wanted to bring him in. Those guys were the ones. Bears, oh, you don't have a plan B. Well, my plan B is the guys I got who I think are really good and are developing. Mm-hmm. I mean, a year older Emre Chan, you know, a year older Ben Woodburn, a year older Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, you know, this is this is what you want to do. You want to keep a team together. Look at what Tottenham's done. We'll get with them in a minute. Look at what Tottenham's done. Look where they're going. That is the that should be the goal and the model for Liverpool. Is the Tottenham goal. All right, so Liverpool three. Number two. Ed, I know you're sitting there, you're holding your breath. You're going, My God, what's this asshole gonna do with this? Speaking of Tottenham is what I wanna say. Number two Pep Guardiola's Why are you doing this to me? Oh God! I'm not doing this to you, man. This is this is months and months of research. Actually, about five minutes. But anyway, uh, <laughs> city, city once again, I think are coming into this league with the most talented squad. Um, yeah. But once again, city are the anti-Tottenham, anti-Liverpool. <laughs> city buy it. They, I mean, my God, yeah. they bring up good players and they won't keep them around because they're not sexy enough. I mean, they, God, they just sold Iannaccio, who mm-hmm. has done nothing but do well every time they've ever given him yeah. a chance. All the guy does is come in and score a goal every time he plays, it seems like. Um, huge money, obviously, spent this summer. They did theirs early. So, give it to City. They got their business done early. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of been off the radar here later in the season in the transfer window. 
So for Guardiola, that's good. You know, he goes in. It, it is. It's Guardiola's second year in the league. He knows his players now after a season. Uh, he's gotten a chance to go out and get guys that he thought could improve his team. Um, Benjamin Mendy, uh, listen, Bernardo Silva, uh, Kyle Walker. You know, they've gone out. They've made they've made some – Anderson, the goalie. Uh, Anderson, the goalie, that's right. They've made some really big um, money moves here. Mm-hmm. And they have been in places where they need, I believe. Didn't they bring in another fullback somewhere? I think they brought in like three fullbacks this summer. Oh, uh, the uh, the uh, Danilo that's right. yeah, they brought from in Real Madrid. That's right. So, you know, they brought in, they knew they needed help at fullback, and they were admittedly atrocious at fullback last season. <laughs> I mean, those yeah. guys, A, they were old, and B, they just weren't good anyway. <laughs> but um, they have gone out. I, th- I think City have been a little reserved this year. Instead of going out just trying to spend the most money on, you know, the big attacking player, I think he realizes I've got a team that can score at any time just about. I need these attacking I need these uh, attacking fullbacks, these wingbacks if we're going to play back three, whatever you want to do. Um, they, Those guys are going to make them even more efficient up front. They should. Um, you know, Kyle Walker until he gets injured. Uh, hey, that's for you, Ed Green. <laughs> Kyle you. Walker until he gets injured. Uh, Danilo's going to be a good one. Uh, Mindy is one of those, you know, has a chance to be absolutely world class. Um, and Bernardo Silva in the middle of the pitch. He's going to be pulling a lot of strings for him. They've got the guys up front. They've got Aguero. They've got um, uh, Jesus. Yes. Uh, basically. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, they've got, you know, Sane. They've got David Silva still there. They've got guys, man. They are going to score goals. Um, my reason for having them finishing second, uh, a couple things. One, one when once again you're bringing in a lot of new guys, that that can be that can be tough at times. Two, mm-hmm. I still think that Pep Guardiola has refused to rectify the biggest problem he has. That's playing in England. Mm-hmm. He's gone out. These guys he's brought in, they're fabulous football players. We know that. He has still not gone out and gotten uh, someone who is not scared to put in a tackle, is not scared mm-hmm. to go in and, you know, try to physically dominate a game. And I just think in England you've got to have somebody who can do that for you. Now there has been talk uh, earlier in the summer that they were they were highly um, they highly rated Virgil Van Dyke that they mm-hmm. thought about going in for that move but that that's kind of fizzled away. Uh, you know Van Dyke would be a guy that would be good for them because he would give them that physical presence in the middle of their defense. You know you they got I mean they've got defenders good defenders. Great pairing with John Stones. Yeah, I mean he would have been, he would have been good with John Stones because that would not have left it all on John Stones. Because I'm sorry, we we call ourselves the company, but even I don't trust Vaughn's on company. No, I mean, I, I really think if he that. came on our show for an hour, he'd strain a toe or something. <laughs> I mean, he'd get hurt just talking to us, probably. Vaughn, uh, you have an open invitation to the show whenever we love you, you want. We love you, but you know it's just what it is. Um, yeah. And I'm once again, I, I believe that Pep is going to go out there. He's going to be Pep this year. You're not going to tell him any different. He's going to do what he wants. And you know, at the end of the day, 
I think they're going to come up a little short. When you look at you know some other managers, I mean, it's the same thing. I think that gets Arsene Wenger is his refusal to adjust. Um, you know, give it to Pochettino, give it to Klopp, give it to Mourinho, give it to Conte. Those guys will adjust. Now, mm-hmm. when we say Mourinho adjusts, we mean he'll just get more defensive. <laughs> um, Conte obviously had the master stroke last year going to the back three. So we know he's not scared to adjust. Um, you know, Pochettino and Klopp, who are two guys who believe in the, the high press, the gagging pressing, the style, those two have realized over the last few years, I can't do this ever. I can't do this over 38 matches plus Europe. I've got mm-hmm. to pick my spots. And that's where you've seen those two teams, I think, really up their stock is that, you know, they they know when to take their chances, when to pick their spots to press. So they're not killing guys in, in October and not having them later in the mm-hmm. year. Um, for Pep, I just I think he wants to sit there. He wants to play Guardiola football. Um, that's a team that if, if he would – God, if he would just start soaking up some some pressure from somewhere else – he would have a magnificent counterattack football team. I mean, you look at what Liverpool and Spurs have turned into. I mean, those two are just absolutely fantastic on the counter. City could be right there with them, but he just he he refuses to do it. And I think I think his, his hubris will be his downfall this year once again. Ed, second place, Manchester City, which means that I West Bradshaw. Why would you do this to me? This is not towards you, Ed. This is, I, I, I believe this is a culmination. Um, if they can just figure out how the hell to win at Wembley, <laughs> I think Tottenham's the top team in the league. I mean, look at it. You, you know, Kyle Walker is the only player of note that you've lost this summer. You mm-hmm. still may lose um, Sissoko, which, uh, okay. Is that players of name? Yeah, players of name. Um, 30 million pounds, player of name. <laughs> uh, you've succeeded in keeping Eric Dyer. You've kept Deli Ali. You've kept Harry Kane. You've kept kept Christian Eriksen. These guys are back. Another year under their belt. It, when you're building around young players, they're get, those guys are getting 50 matches a season. And now it should be coming together for them. Kieran Trippier? Need that one to get healthy quick. Yes, um, yes, 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 yes. One, one issue I may have with Spurs, I, I still think Spurs need to add. I don't think you mm-hmm. need to go out and buy a 50 million pound player, but no. you need to add some depth. Um, now, mm-hmm. that's I'm picking Spurs to win the Premier League. I'm still not sold on Spurs in Europe at this point <laughs> because, <laughs> because of said depth. Um, sure. I'm not sold on Spurs making a deep European run, uh, but I just think I think it's there. I think um, I'm not trying to pour water on a parade that hasn't happened yet <laughs> and may not happen, obviously, until May. I think this, to me, almost looks like it could be put up or shut up time for Tottenham. Mm-hmm. They succeeded in keeping everyone this summer. If those guys go out and have great seasons, all it's going to do is have European powers beating down the door more next year. Um, Barcelona have already expressed an interest in Deli Ali. 
Uh, no, I, was, I don't think that's going anywhere this season. Anywhere, by mm-hmm. any means. Uh, but, you know, young English player, Barcelona after you. You, you know, for Deli Ali, he could be that guy who goes off somewhere and succeeds. Because mm-hmm. I, I fully think he could... He can walk in, especially with the way Barcelona's set up right now, you know, with uh, with an aging Iniesta, uh, an aging Busquets. I think he's a guy who could walk into Barcelona in a year or so and just absolutely take Spain by storm. Uh, Harry mm-hmm. Kane, to me, I, I don't see Harry Kane, unless Spurs get off on some crazy, oh, my God, we just we just want all the money. Which, I mm-hmm. mean, looking at your culture, you never know. <laughs> Anti-Semite! Um, unless they just absolutely decide they want to cash in for whatever reason. I don't think Harry Kane's going anywhere. I think Harry Kane is, he's a spur. You know, he, he is a Spurs mm-hmm. guy. Um, Erickson? Uh, Erickson, I can see Erickson moving to one of the big teams. And when I say, when I say you're moving from Tottenham, you're going to Barca, you're going to Madrid, you're going to Bayern. Sadly, you might be going to United, but that's just, that's a United, that's a United thing. You know, that's a United thing. Um, I just, I, I don't want Spurs. Yes, I want my team. I want Liverpool to win the Premier League. I don't mm-hmm. want this golden generation of Spurs football to just be, well, they were really close a bunch and a bunch of things, but they never won shit. Mm-hmm. I think this is the year they need to put the hammer down. They need to go for the Premier League title. Even if they say the hell with everything else, Spurs mm-hmm. need to go win the Premier League this year. They're good enough. They've got the manager. They've got the players. They've got the pedigree. They've got the, they've got the English toughness. They've got the European flair. This is a team that I think is built to go and win the Premier League. And I think this is your year to do it. I'm picking it. I'm not trying to kiss of death you. <laughs> I mean, God, I usually pick my team every year. So if I'm trying to kiss of death you, you know, I'd do it to myself, obviously. Um, I think this is a year for Spurs. Also, I know we've said before, with Pochettino, I don't think Pochettino is going to stay at Spurs forever. Um, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what may happen at PSG, may happen at Barcelona. I mean, let me tell you right now, PSG today is a much more attractive job than PSG was two months ago. <laughs> yes, it was. You know, that's the thing. I could see if PSG came to Pochettino today, and obviously, I mean, I don't mean a week from the season starting, mm, but right. you know, say this is June of next season. And suddenly you're looking at a roster that has Neymar, possibly Mbappe, possibly Alexis Sanchez, and for some reason they need a new manager. I think it would be really hard to keep him at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I I think he, I think the big clubs are going to be after him. Um, I mean, hey, I said the same thing about my manager. (laughs) You know, I I don't, I don't think Klopp's going to be at Liverpool forever. You need to, you need to get it done while he's there. Because you don't want the what if. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. Um, but I think Tottenham are good enough to do it. I think this is the season. Um, Wembley aside, because you know what? The thing is, this year, everybody's going to have to play at Wembley. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't think it's going to be a big disadvantage that suddenly Spurs have to walk in there. They've done it last year. They should have. They'll have a much better feel for it this year, and that's the thing. They'll have a much better feel for it now than other teams. And sure. also, their struggles last year were in Europe. Europe's mm-hmm. always been kind of a tough nut for Tottenham, anyway. So you know, I don't, I don't put as much stock of their Wembley issues carrying over to the Premier League as I did in European play. So I don't think that's going to be an issue for them this year. If anything, it might turn out to be an advantage. But uh, I think Spurs open the new White Hart Lane as the reigning champions of England. I hope it happens. I really do. That would, that yeah, would be If my amazing. team doesn't win it, I, I am openly pulling for Tottenham if my team doesn't do it. And, and the reverse is true of me as well. Um, I did not pick either of our two teams to win the league. Um, but the rest of our, our stuff is actually really, really close. Um, my six and seven are the same as yours, except they're reversed. Um, I, I have, that's right. Flame me, everybody. Being the Spurs fan I am, I'm putting Arsenal in seventh. They could easily finish as high as third place, I think. Um, I, I think... You alluded to some of those Everton moves. I think they made just enough. Alexis Sanchez isn't going to be starting the season with Arsenal. Mesut Ozil is also hurt to start the season with Arsenal. If they have a first month that is like one point in three matches and you all of a sudden already get those alarms going off, I think this is a this this has the potential to be an Arsenal dumpster fire season. And that only means like seventh place. Like I don't especially if they end up losing Sanchez, I don't think they got appreciably better over last year by just bringing in Lacazette and Kolasniak, or however you pronounce it. I don't think they're that much better, and I think everybody above them got better somehow. So I I just, I don't see Arsenal finishing that much higher. You never know. I'm not saying they're going to finish seventh, except the fact that's where I'm picking them. I could see them finishing higher up, but that's where I'm picking them. I think... They, they they have issues, man. Then that were not resolved yet, and, that, and those could come up to bite them in the ass. Um, Everton sixth. Uh, I, I think they're they're better. I think uh, Ronald Coleman. Um, I, I'm very interested to see what they're going to end up doing with Ross Barkley, because uh, as far as I know, there's nothing concrete. I don't think Spurs. <laughs> I don't think the Spurs are going to end up getting them, because um, that's ironically I don't think a position where they actually need the depth. In that midfield, um, they probably need it more in like the back because uh, I'm not sold on Kyle Walker Peters. I'll get that later. Um, but I think Everton are taking strides forward and they could end up finishing sixth. Um, my fifth place is also going to be Chelsea. I-, I think having to navigate so many wars on so many fronts, we've seen teams have title hangovers the last couple of years now. We, we saw it with Chelsea just a couple of years ago, in fact, um, that that having all these matches. And as you said, very, very thin. Um, I, I don't know how they're going to be. I, I think, you know, as much as we may not like him, I think Diego Costa leaving Chelsea could be a huge blow for this club. Um, and, and I don't know if Morata can be a guy to step in. We know how hard it is to come from a Liga and come play in the Premier League. It's. I'm not saying he's Roberto Sodato 2.0, but that penalty in the Community Shield did not instill me with confidence if I'm a Chelsea fan. So, so there, there, there is a chance Chelsea can take a tumble this year and end up fifth. Uh, fourth, I also have United. Um, I, I think they could also win the league. I think 
Again, they are also a team, though, that they're going to have to fight in the Champions League and in the league. Mourinho, he's going to have to establish himself in the year two. That's when he gets most things done. Uh, I think they do have a little more depth. I think having guys like Rashford and Martial who can play and 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 backup games if you know if you want to prioritize either the Champions League or the league itself I think having guys like that who can still go out and win you a game uh is good to have um now what kind of confidence level those players are going to have going into the season uh you know with Martial already not feeling great last year and Rashford now you you come in you're this hot sensation and every year United just wants to buy a striker um that that's pretty brutal so I I think they are going to be stronger than last year I, I think they're going to end up finishing fourth um also something to add on United um there is still I mean the talk is that they're heavily heavily thinking about re-signing Zlatan which would basically be like a January transfer. And mm-hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does coming back from that knee injury. But by God, as we know, it's still Zlatan. Did you see Zlatan has a mobile game coming it's out? Oh, it's I don't do mobile games, but by God, I might do that one. Uh, my third place team, I'm putting Tottenham. These next three, I can really see just being very, very interchangeable. I think these are the three best teams. Uh, Tottenham, as you said, very thin. I think if they want to try to compete in the Champions League, I I think they're going to end up struggling a little bit early on in the league. I think getting Trippier back, getting Wanyama back uh, are going to be two huge things. Now, they are getting Harry Winks back, who's looked a lot better. Uh, They should be getting Eric Lamella back, who who could provide a little bit of depth. So there, there could be reinforcements on the way for Tottenham. And as far as Wembley goes, A, they look pretty damn good, even though it's a friendly, beating Juventus 2-0 at Wembley last week. Um, B, having actually a full season and not just playing a sporadic six games over the course of a fall, to and, and that's where you're training now, I, I think mitigates a little bit of that Wembley mystique and, and how it was vexing Tottenham a little bit last year. I, I think Wembley won't end up being an issue this year. Uh, I, I just think I think it's going to be very tough. I think they're going to have a very successful season. I could maybe even see them getting close to the point total they got to last year and, and still finishing third, um, maybe second. I mean, I, I, think, I think they're very, very 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 good um i'm putting liverpool second um i and that is like you i'm i'm working under the assumption that they get virtual van dyke and that they keep philip coutinho i i think i think they showed us enough last year no afcon this year um that this could be and with um oh your new winger um yeah, yeah. Uh, that that team you talk about City being the, the most talented team in the league. If from an offensive standpoint, I think Liverpool can absolutely give them a run for their money. Now, to be fair, I think Spurs could almost do that, too. They may not have the absolute depth, but I think Spurs are great up top. But Liverpool, my God, when you put Salah and Sané and Coutinho up top with literally anybody, that's that's just a recipe for goals, goals, goals. And where last year I kind of felt, well, yeah, they can do that, but I, I don't know if they can defend at a level 
to to stay in games and, and really win out those you know those one nil two one victories that they're going to need to to win the league. I, I think bringing in Van Dyke will solidify that. You put him and Matzip together. Uh, you get rid of Ragnarok, um, and or whatever oh, his name just, is. You just like Madner, Ragnarok like the fifth defender. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and if and if um, I have totally blanked on your goalkeeper's uh, name, James Corden. <laughs> uh, we've got Maurice. We've got um, Mignolet. We've got. Minulay, that's the one. Um, no one really knows who's starting yeah. for us yet, otherwise. I, I think if that can get sorted out, I think this has a chance to be a very, very good team. As always, I think for Liverpool, it's going to be the injuries. But I think this is this is the year they can seriously maintain a year-long threat for the title. And I think they are going to give... Manchester City, all they can handle to the very last bit, just like a couple years ago. I, I think City's just really, really good. I like a lot of the moves they made. And if Pep, I don't believe he will, but if he shows any flexibility, like you were talking about earlier, just like any little bit, I think City wins the league. And and this, but this is this is going to be a tight race. Um, I, I just I really like I wasn't sold on Claudio Bravo and even John Stones last year. I think City did some very good moves this year. And uh, I think I think they are there's a lot of reason to think they are they are now the best team and that they're going to actually show it this year. But I think it is going to be one hell of a race going forward. Well, you know, one thing here's another kind of equalizer this year. You look at the last few years and you've had these teams that you know, as we said, Liverpool a few years ago, Chelsea last year, they had had really poor seasons before and were not in European competition. That entire mm-hmm. top six, entire top seven that both of us have picked are in Europe mm-hmm. this year. So no one's mm-hmm. going to have that easy, oh, we don't have to We don't have to play any European matches. Everybody is going to be, um, you know, they're all on an even keel there. Now, how many they end up playing is, of course, going to be the key. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. are you playing in the March in April in, in Europe? Sure. Uh, but that's a great equalizer because it's not one of those, you know, the year Liverpool finished second. Oh, we don't have any responsibilities. Oh, we can just, you know, everybody has to, everybody mm-hmm. has to look at both of them. You have to look at Europe and, and the league and everybody's got to deal with that this year. And the last little point I'll make on that is, and that, that is a great point. I meant to bring this up earlier. I think that's another reason Arsenal might end up finishing seventh. I wonder how much playing in Europa might affect them this year. Because we do know there is a statistical uh, sort of knock teams take when they play on Thursday, Sundays. And that that is going to be something very tough, I think, for Arsenal that they've really never had to worry about that they're going to have to take care of this year. And, and we'll see and how they react true to that. Because really, you look at the last two English teams who made runs in Europa. Uh, Liverpool, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, we basically put our eggs in Europa and said, all right, Premier League, mm-hmm. we're not worrying with you. And we finished uh, eighth, seventh or eighth? I think so, yeah. uh, I think we finished eighth. Uh, last year, United made the decision, we're going for Europa, and they end up finishing outside the top four. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, for them, <laughs> if Arsenal had not shit their bed, United probably would have finished sixth. So, you know, there are the the poison chalice as we as it's referred to, it's a legit thing. I mean it's it's hurt um, it's hurt Tottenham in the past. 
it, we've mm-hmm. seen it like I said, the last few years with Liverpool and um, United. We've seen it in the past when Liverpool uh, have been knocked out of the Champions League and going to Europa. It does not make things easy having to go to Russia on a Thursday and then play Stoke on Sunday. That's, yeah. that's brutal. That's brutal. So um, it will be something to keep an eye on. And I believe our, our Europa teams this year, is it just Arsenal and Everton? It is, yes, because uh, United went, oh, ended United, up going to the, uh, the Champions United, League. Yeah, just the two of them. Five Champions League squads this year for the uh, for the, the English. Well, well, we'll see. Liverpool got to get through that qualifying round. Yeah. Um, thing on, uh, uh, God dang it, Hoffenheim. But I mean, and that and that could, you know, once again, we give you we give you our predictions for this top seven. Man, you know, just think if let's just say you know Liverpool makes a quarterfinal run in the Champions League, and let's say that United make a quarterfinal run in the Champions League. Well, you know, those are two teams who, if they're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, it's going to be hard for them to then be fielding the strongest teams they possibly can week in and week out in in England. Um, And when you look at United and you look at Liverpool, those are teams who are somewhat susceptible to those, you know, 12 through 20s, (laughs) especially Mm -hmm. Liverpool as we saw last year. Hopefully things will change. But, you know, Liverpool have been susceptible in the 12 to 20 range uh, of those teams playing them. Uh, This year with Europe, you would hate to get caught you know, by Swansea on a Monday night, mm-hmm. you know, because you play in Europe the week before. So it's, I think it's going to be an absolutely fascinating Premier League season. The money has made it, I mean, the money has turned everything into bizarro world. I mean, the fact that, you know, Liverpool right now could set the British transfer record easily if they sold Coutinho. And that would also break whatever world, you know, it just seems like the records are getting broken every week when it comes to the to uh, money, to transfers. This whole Neymar thing has. I, I mean, do, does Neymar Neymar going has changed the market? Yes. Because now you've got one of the biggest clubs in the world with basically two hundred million extra pounds in their in their pocket. Um, I guess if you, I'll tell you what, Ed, let's just let's go on into news and notes because obviously that's going to feature in news and notes. Sure. And uh, real quick, I do want to mention the schedule for this week because Absolutely. Premier League is back. Uh, Friday uh, at the Emirates, it's uh, the start of the Premier League. 2.45 on Friday, Arsenal takes on Leicester. On Saturday, get it started early with West at 7.30 a.m. from Watford. Watford taking on Liverpool. At 10 o'clock, you have the choice of Chelsea, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Huddersfield, Everton, Stoke, Southampton, Swansea, West Brom, Cherries, and then at 12.30, Brighton and Hove. Welcome back to the league with Manchester City. <laughs> On Sunday, 8.30 a.m., it's Newcastle hosting Tottenham, and at 11, it's a battle of Uniteds as Manchester welcomes West Ham. Uh, West, so let's talk news and notes real quick. Um we, we most of the stories we're going to do we've already touched on like the Damari Gray story or the uh, the Andre Gray story going from Burnley to Watford and Nacho going from Man City to Leicester um, so we've talked about that but I know you kind of want to talk about the uh, the PSG stuff and Kieran Mbappe all of a sudden saying when you know for for literal months we've thought he was going to Real Madrid 
and all of a sudden it comes out that he actually wants to go to PSG? Well, then, you know, we kind of make the comment, well, hey, he'd be a perfect Barcelona replacement for Neymar. Yes. No, he wants to play with Neymar. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, for PSG, it would just be, it would be a, you know, complete um, rendering of strength. Uh, for them in the in the French league, because a you'd be getting one of the you'd be getting the top teenager in the world, and you'd be taking mm-hmm. him from your direct rival. So I yes. mean that would be the thing there. Obviously that would be huge. Um, Mbappe to PSG. Uh, I mean that that makes them a if he ends up at PSG this season. Now suddenly you know they're I think they've been fifth maybe fifth, sixth favorite from the Champions League. I think Mbappe going, that that shoots them up that ladder more. But also, mm-hmm. that gives them two bona fide, well, one absolute bona fide world-class superstar in, in Neymar, and then one who is supposed to be that next one to take that step. Mm-hmm. So in actuality, PSG would almost have what Barcelona had, which was the man and Messi, and then the next big thing in Neymar, they would have it with the man and Neymar and the next big thing in Mbappe. Mm-hmm. I think that would make it an extremely attractive job, A, for a manager, if you need a manager, just, you know, uh, B, for other players to go to. I think it would make it extremely attractive because, A, there's nearly the guarantee of some silverware. You're going to win the French League. Good chance you're going to win the French Cup. And, B, you get in on the... Not so much the ground floor, but, you know, you get in early with these two superstars. I mean, are, are we going to say if Mbappe ends up at PSG, are, are we really ever betting against PS, a PSG treble? It's going to be tough. I mean, it's almost like you would feel they've got to win it. Mm-hmm. They've got to win it. So I think it's fascinating. I think it's extra fascinating that, you know, every French player, it seems like, oh, we want to get out of France. He just wants to move to PSG. Hmm? He's saying no to Real Madrid. And he's saying no when it's been, you know, you know, it has been everybody's assumption forever. Oh, he'll just go to Real Madrid. And mm-hmm. he's saying no to Madrid. I think, though, that's, I don't think that's a bad move by him because, you know, really, when you look at it, Madrid are loaded up top. I mean, when you look at that squad, they're absolutely loaded. And I think Mbappe sees that, well, I can go to PSG in day one. I'm like this, I'm this badass stud day one. Yeah, I don't have to, I don't have to wait my turn at PSG. Right. So, um. I do, th- I do think it's a little weird. We haven't heard anything from Barcelona outside some, uh, Osman Dembele rumors. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I know we talked a lot uh, last week, you know, this was, of course, literally hours before the Neymar sign went through, um, as is usually how it happens. Um, you know, were, were La Liga and Barcelona maybe stalling to have some other signings lined up for Barcelona um, after the Neymar signing? And that hasn't really proved to be the case. Um who do you think is going to end up at Barcelona? Because obviously they they have to get somebody. I mean, they could go after maybe Alexis Sanchez. They could go after uh, Mbappe, as you mentioned. They could go after Dembele. Maybe even Obama Yang. Even though I don't think he'll be leaving. I think Dortmund. Obama Yang's kind of said he's sticking around. That he's mm-hmm. he's not going anywhere this summer. So I think that one's off the table. 
Uh, I think this Dembele one by the day is getting closer to actually happening. Um, uh, you know, rumor is he is <laughs> rumor rumors everything. Uh, rumor is uh, they've agreed to terms. Um, I, th- I think there's I think there's more and more a really good chance that uh, Dembele could end up at Barcelona. As we said, ESPN reported <laughs> that uh, Coutinho had um, that they had bought Coutinho, and everyone's denying that. As I said, not the real glasses. I don't think Coutinho is going anywhere this season. Uh, I, I think it's too late. I think it's too late in the window for Liverpool to try to find anything like for like for Coutinho. Uh, the fact that Coutinho has no buyout clause, so <laughs> it's like you know. Who would spend 222 million euros on, uh, you know, on, on Neymar? Well, you don't even have that choice with Liverpool. It's literally Liverpool have to accept it. And mm-hmm. right now, there is no reason in the world for them to accept it. Why? Here's the other thing. Klopp's targets that he had, he hasn't been able to get. And it hasn't been because they've lacked the money to go get them. It's been because other teams don't want to sell. That's what I think we're finding really difficult this summer is, well, all these teams are flush with money. There are all these players that seem to be out there. Nobody wants to sell their best players. Yeah. One reason, everybody has money now. <laughs> you know, there are so many teams now that have money. They don't, you know, they don't have to sell guys to balance the spreadsheet anymore. Um, so, I mean, if I've got this badass player, why do I want to sell him? That's just my thing. Why do I want to sell my guys to somebody else that's going to make them better than me? Um, but as for Liverpool, I say, you know, I don't think there's any amount of money this summer they could give up for Naby Kaida that's going to get him. So why worry with it? You know, uh, Van Dyke is the big one right now. I still think Liverpool go in and get another midfielder. Um, but I don't think money is any issue. Money's not an issue for Liverpool at this point. They don't have to sell Coutinho. I don't think that's going to happen. For Barcelona, the worst part for Barcelona was the timing of this because it happens as you're going into the last month of the transfer season. And as we said, it kind of snuck up on them. You know, it wasn't like they knew for two months that he wanted to leave and you were putting in all this groundwork to try to make things happen. No, it just all of a sudden, oh, hey, oh, they hit my claws. Hey, I'm leaving. What? So, you know, for Barcelona now, they're left scrambling trying to find guys who, A, they want, B, are interested in moving, and C, have teams that are interested in moving them. So, I just think that's the biggest problem for Barcelona is finding players of that quality who are willing to go and their teams are willing to let them go. So, I mean, hey, if you could just go out and buy guys, hell, my summer would have been a whole hell of a lot easier, Ed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we would have had some shit uh, put together, you know, a month ago. But, um, of course. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I think Barcelona, I think the Dembele deal, it just looks like it's moving along. Um, I think they might be able to get that one over the line. I don't know. I don't know if Barcelona's going to get the chance to really make another big-time signature move unless it comes right near, um, you know, right near uh, – uh, the closing of the transfer window and it's more a shock to all of us that it gets over the line. Mm-hmm. So. We'll have to see. Um, but that's that's going to about do it for our news and notes section. Uh, so Wes, let's hit watch four. 
Uh, you gave us some good stuff, Wes, last week. Uh, what have you been watching now in the week that was or the week that will be? <sighs> Mostly the same shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we're still progressing on uh, on American Ripper. I'm really happy with that. Um, what the hell was I watching? Um, take a look at just a few things. Uh, Shooter is back for season two. I've seen the I've seen the pilot episode season two. Uh, I was impressed with it. I've got I think two in the can right now to watch. Uh, maybe three hmm. after last night. I can't remember. But uh, I'm 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 digging that. Definitely going to get into that when I get a little uh, extra time, just to watch some shows. Um, I don't think we might have brought up last week just for a hot second. But September fifth, American Horror Story returns, and this season looks. I mean, just from the previews looks freaking badass it's called Billy Eichner. um it looks like there's a i mean we've seen clowns terrifying clowns mm-hmm. clowns truly terrify me so this actually could really scare me this season <laughs> <laughs> i might do a little crying this year Ed. we'll see um but you know i hit something that was a really really interesting uh uh theory on how the american horror story is being built and basically, right now they're signed. This is season seven. They're signed through season nine. Well, when you start taking a look at things in horror, um, you know, long ago fiction, there were nine circles of hell in Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. And you can actually, I've seen this. You can go and start looking at all the seasons thus far, and you can assign those seasons a, a different layer of hell. Oh. And it's been thrilling. And this season, being a cult, well, that's heresy. You know, that works out beautifully. Um, they've got, they just, oh, man. American Horror Story does it for me. I, I held off so long on American Horror Story just because the only people I ever saw talking about on Facebook were, like, women. So I was like, oh, I don't need to watch this. And then I got into it. Man, it's so good. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I liked last season, as you know, for about seven of ten episodes, I thought it was really good. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. I want to see what's going to happen with this whole cult thing. And now, thinking of that um, Dante's Inferno tie-in, I want to see what's mm-hmm. going to happen going on in the future. Totally, totally amped on uh, Horror Story starting September 5th. Well, I am catching up on uh, Rick and Morty season three on Adult Swim of Cartoon Network. Uh, the first three episodes have been out. I've seen two of them. Oh man, show's dark. You thought you thought you thought that show was dark before? No, it's it's only getting darker. Um, and but it's fantastic. Uh, they've already done a, a somewhat of a, a Mad Max parody. Um, the first episode was basically just a how horrible can our people be? It's kind of like. It, it, it reminds me of, I know people have always said it's like a Back to the Future spoof, the entire concept of the show. I like to think of it as like, if Back to the Future crossed with It's Always Sunny. <laughs> um, because all of these people are just terrible. There's there's no there's no redeeming people on this show, but it's, it's pretty fantastic that way. So uh, I, I, I've laughed a lot. I have shook my head in and just bewilderment a lot this, this show is still fantastic it's always worth the wait and uh i cannot recommend it enough if you have the chance to go watch rick and morty on, on the cartoon network adult swim it is it is when, when archer's not around it is it is probably the best animated series on television right now 
It's high praise. We're always waiting for Archer to come back. We we need we need so many things in our lives, including the WWE. And so as 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 things have happened, as as upsets happened this week, please enrapture us with another edition of So Raw. Um, I'm without watching WWE this week. Raw was a good show. SmackDown was a quality show. I think both of them put out quality shows this week. So I'm gonna give them that. I'm really though. I'm only gonna. Um, I'm only going to really delve into one or two things though, this week. Um, on uh, on Raw. Alright, let's, let's start with the last man standing match. Raw gave us a pay-per-view quality match this week. Uh, a last man standing match between Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. Which, you know, as you say, you know, I've told you before. I like to just see big badass dudes just beat the shit out of each other for a while. And that's exactly what these two do at this point. There's no feeling each other out. There's no, oh, you know, let, let's see who who gives in first to a headlock. No, these guys just literally beat the hell out of each other. Uh, Strowman and Reigns, they go at it. It's, it's a good 20-minute match. Uh, it gets out in the crowd. They've got steps. They've got everything. And of course, the way you win the last man standing match, you have to incapacitate your opponent, and they have to be down for a 10 count. You have to keep them down for that. Um, looked like Reigns was going to beat Braun Strowman. Uh, as he knocked out Strowman, though, the ref got knocked out as well. Uh, no, that's not what happened. Never mind, never mind, never mind. Um, as Reigns speared a, a massive, massive spear on Braun Strowman, um, as the ref is counting him down, all of a sudden Reigns kind of walks over near the, near the rail uh, where the fans are. And all of a sudden, out of the crowd, Samoa Joe just appears. Locks range in a coquina clutch. Uh, the refs stop counting at this point because, holy shit, what's going on? Of course, there's no disqualification in this match. The next thing you know, down goes Reigns. Reigns is not the fuck out, as they like to say on Friday. <laughs> um, the ref starts counting both of them down. And at nine, Braun Strowman is able to stagger to his feet. He wins the last man standing match. Uh, now, of course, all this is just leading up to the fatal four-way at SummerSlam, where it's going to be those three involved in that, and Brock Lesnar, who was on the show earlier in the night. I mean, I just, I cannot tell you, and I'm not, I'm not like the world's biggest fan of either of those four guys, but I am so mm-hmm. enraptured by that match, because, I mean, they are literally going to fuck each other's world up. It's, I mean... That Monday, those guys are literally going to get out of bed on Monday morning going, oh, shit, what did I do last night? Uh, it's it's going to be fantastic, and it's going to be a badass match, and there are four badass performers, four badass, legitimate athletes, all four of them. Uh, it's it's going to be fantastic. So we, we've still got a couple more weeks to build. Uh, the 20th is going to be SummerSlam. Uh, luckily, Wes gets off at 7 o'clock that Sunday night, so... I will I'll miss a little of the early, but I will be home more than in time for the big show. Um, moving on to Raw, the second storyline I'm looking at at Raw, and the one that I'm probably most prominently looking at, Ed, WWE's teasing me. Aww. Rollins, Ambrose. 
they they've been involved in each other's matches the last few weeks. They they had a tag match where they were thrown together uh, two weeks ago after after their match. Ray, uh, Rollins put his fist out. Everyone going crazy. Everyone wants the big pop of the Shield get it starting to get back together. And that night, Dean Ambrose shakes his head and walks away. Uh, after last week, uh, there were some interference in matches last week where they both interfered for each other. This week, um, they're they're working with Sheamus and Cesaro, the tag team champions. Uh, this week, Rollins has the early match on the show against, um, against Sheamus, where he gets the win and then ends up getting jumped by both Cesaro and Sheamus. And no one comes out to help him. Ambrose does not come out to help him. Uh, which kind of turns into a thing. People are like, where the hell's Ambrose? Rollins goes backstage. We see Ambrose. Ambrose goes up and said, I told you I wasn't going to help you. I don't trust you. Screw you. You know, just leave me alone. Well, later that night, Cesaro Ambrose, which was a really, really good match. I mean, if, if it was not for that Rain Strowman match, that was match of the night on Raw. It was really good. Um, ends up. Uh, Leave Ambrose. No, Ambrose didn't get the win. I, be, I believe Cesaro got the win, um, and it was a little controversial. I can't, I, I, that doesn't matter who won the match that much. Uh, what matters <laughs> is they both jump Ambrose or beat the shit out of him. Here comes Seth Rollins, clears the ring, saves the day. As they're standing in the middle of the ring, this time Ambrose puts out his fist. Everybody going crazy. Wes about to lose his shit. Rollins turns around and walks out of the ring. I'm dying inside it. I'm dying at this point. <laughs> um, so another, like we said, two more Raws before, uh, is it two more? Yeah, two more Raws before SummerSlam. My thought is uh, what we're going to get is I think we're going to end up getting uh, Ambrose Rollins versus Sheamus and Cesaro at SummerSlam for the tag team titles. I think they're going to keep working this Shield reunion angle. I think they're, I believe at this point, I believe they will go and win those tag team titles at SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have to kind of see the dynamic going forward. Because I think it's going to be one of those, you know, everyone, everyone's happy because they're together and they're the tag team champs. But it could be one of those, we've seen this scenario before where, yeah, you might be the tag team champs. It doesn't mean you like each other. It doesn't mean that you get along. It doesn't mean that you're really, you know, comrades. You just happen to be it. And, yeah, hey, you want to be the champion. You want to be a champion so bad. So, of course, you're going to do what you can to retain your titles. Um, I think that's where we're going to go with this story. Uh, now, the whole thing with this Shield reunion, still, then it comes down to Reigns. If you get Rollins and Ambrose here, because you think about it, you've had Reigns and Ambrose together for years now. It's just always mm -hmm. been the third guy. Um you know, I've seen some ideas out there. I'm not going to say I'd be against them. That uh, at SummerSlam, uh, Ambrose and Rollins win the tag team titles, and then they come out later that night and help Reigns win the Universal title. And, see, personally, I want to see the Shield come back as, as heels. I want to see them come back as bad guys and just literally, like, run the entire company, just beat the shit out of everybody, like kind of like they used to. Um mm -hmm. Because here's the thing, they're going to get a babyface pop. I mean, if the Shield gets back here, I don't give a hell who they're beating up. I'm all, I'm all down for the Shield. You know that. 
I'm 100% oh, yeah. for the shield. Um, and I think a lot of other people will be too. Um, and to me, I'm going to tell you this, especially if they want Reigns to be getting positive pops, I think that's the only way you get Reigns a positive Universal Champion pop is that, well, if you put him with the shield, people are going to cheer for him. If you don't, people are going to boom. So that's something to think about. There's so many ideas of things they can do. There's a dream uh, three-man team that everybody kind of has, which is uh, the the WWE formation of Bullet Club, which would be on Raw. And you can do this on Raw right now. You can have Shield versus Bullet Club because you've got Finn Balor and then uh, the Good Brothers, Anderson and Gallows, and have them against the Shield, which would... I mean, that that would... I don't think I would be able to lay on my stomach because of the massive erection I would have. <laughs> I mean, that would... God, I wouldn't know who to pull for. I mean, those are like all my favorite guys together. It would be absolutely amazing. WWE has the opportunities, but also the big thing is with WWE, sometimes they'll give you what you want, but they won't do it right. You know what I mean? It all depends, too, on how they tell the story and how things are done. Um, and that's what they're doing really well right now with Ambrose and Rollins is they're telling a great story. And I'm mm-hmm. down with that because that, that is where they fail. They have failed so much in the last few years. It's not that they don't give us kind of what we want to see. It's just they, they do it in a way that just makes you roll your eyes or be like, oh, this sucks. They can do this if they do it right. The Shield reunion will be the biggest moment WWE's had maybe in the last 10 years. You can They can do so much with a Shield reunion, but they have got to do a Shield reunion right. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's, uh, that's my feelings on it. Um, uh, SmackDown to me was a big you know, build-up show, building up toward uh, SummerSlam. Uh, we did get Randy Orton beating the champ Jinder Mahal in a grudge match, so the title did yeah. not the title did not change hands. That was a, it was a good little match. Um, we got some uh, the the Kevin Owens uh, AJ Styles match. I think is the biggest SmackDown match going into SummerSlam, which you know I'm 100 percent into that one too. They had a really good segment this week where they were both out with Shane McMahon. Uh, you know they both questioned Shane McMahon's integrity. Um, Shane McMahon ended up getting uh, kicked in the head by accident by AJ Styles. So just there's a lot going on there. I tell you, SummerSlam right now WWE have been doing a good job over the last six weeks of building to SummerSlam. They have just right now they're telling the best stories they've told in a while, and they're doing a good job. They just need to get into SummerSlam. They need to hit a solid solid triple to a home run in SummerSlam. If they do that going forward, I think WWE can start to turn a little bit of a corner. Nice. So, uh, get the Vaseline out, folks, because you are now so wrong. We all are. And and after an amazing, amazing conclusion to that story, uh, that is going to bring us to the end of this edition of the A Foreign Affair podcast. Uh, of course, we will be back next week with our next episode when we're going to recap week one, match week one of the 2017-18 Premier League season, where I'm sure at that point we'll both be in the fetal position because (laughs) everything will have gone horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. Ed, did you get the text I just sent you? 
Oh, was there another text? Uh, or... no, the, the link that I sent you? No, I, I, I read it. Yeah, I read the story. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Like, it's, as I, te- I texted you back, it's not as bad as I thought oh, it was going to be. It's not great. It's not great. But it's not Liz, as bad as I you, thought it was going to be. You just predicted this 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Damn, you know, it's already happening. Like, I told you, I told you not to do this to me. up everything. Oh God! So don't worry. That's we're just we're just gonna pretend this this actually because technically this is supposed to come out in tomorrow morning's paper. So we're just gonna pretend that we're, we're not gonna be able to talk about ah, today's Thursdays pod. What the hell's gonna happen on Thursdays? <laughs> Who knows? Please don't read the sun. Um, but you can of course keep seriously. Uh, you can keep, of course, listening to this podcast presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. You can find them on Twitter. You can also find us on Twitter at AFA Pod. Wes, you are? I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our our parent show, the All New Sports Show. You can also email us allnewsportsshow at gmail.com. Want to shout out uh, all our podcast providers, including Podbean.com, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, the iTunes Music Store, and Google Play Music. And as always, this podcast is powered by Zencaster. As I mentioned, we'll be back next week to dive headfirst into the 2017-18 Premier League season. Until then, sleep tight. We are less than, now we are less than 42 hours from Premier League football on our television screens or computer monitors, as the case may be. So before that happens, Wes, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, Big, big congratulations, Ed, to a great friend of our former television show and obviously our podcast, Baseball Britt Johnson. Ed, he and the wife about to, about to have their first child. But, oh, wait, there's a twist. They're having two of them, Ed. The Johnson Crazy. Twins. How does that work? The Johnson Twins do opening day 2018. Literally, those kids are due on uh, college baseball opening day, February 16th. Perfect. That, Which is great be, for a uh... college baseball coach, right? Yes, that's... Get, get it all out of the way before the actual season starts so you don't have to be distracted anymore. You just leave it with mom. That's right. So congratulations, uh-huh. Brent. And next week, I'll give you the quick high school football breakdown. Next week, as we will be on opening week for high school football. <sighs> One of us will be. One of us will be, yes. One of us will be. So for that man who will be, McCall and Crime, West Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here this week. And just a couple more sleeps. And until then, stay safe. And then you can enjoy the football. Good night, England. We're so close. So close. We're like Sting at this point. There you go. So... NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. 
Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.